TuneIn is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. That clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. And even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here. On TuneIn, go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. It's 9.30 in 716. All about Bitcoin. There are computers that all hook up to each other, and those computers verify who owns which, how many of these tokens. That's what the entire crypto mania is about. This is not like investing in a stock. It's not like investing in a bond or even investing in a uh, collectible. I'm Tim Wenger on the podcast, powered by the Brothers of Mercy, a five-star rated skilled nursing residence offering affordable living in a country setting. So Bitcoin, it's dropping sharply as traders worry that regulators in South Korea will crack down on trading of digital currencies like it. Bitcoin has slumped about 30 percent this week alone after South Korea's finance minister said Tuesday the government could still ban trading in virtual currencies, an idea another official discussed last week. So what is it, after all? What do we need to know about Bitcoin? First of all, I love that you're talking about this. It's so much fun. First, Jill Schlesinger with Jill on Money, heard Saturday afternoons on WBEN. She checks in with Susan Rose and Brian Mazurowski. Here's what I want you to think about. Don't call it a digital currency. Just think of it as like, hey, I could actually create some like a token. I could buy a token online. That's what I don't you to think about, forgetting about everything else. And the technology behind buying and selling that token is essentially that there are computers that all hook up to each other. And those computers verify who owns which, how many of these tokens. That's what the entire crypto mania is about. And the reality is, I want you to think of it as two other, like in two ways. One is the technology that backs this up. And then there's this crazy mania around the token itself. So the technology is real. It's called blockchain. It's being adopted right now and trying to, a lot of big companies trying to figure out how to use it to like let big, huge computer networks sync up with each other, keep track of stuff. And that would get rid of uh, middlemen in various industries, not like trading or maybe logistics. Then there's the token mania. There are only going to be 21 million Bitcoin released. And the limitation of that, the, the total amount available, has created a bit of a frenzy around trying to buy and hold this currency or this these tokens. And, and that's kind of what it is. And... To be honest with you, it's crazy, it's volatile, it's sort of halfway regulated, but not really, and it's very dangerous for ordinary individuals to do it, unless you're just playing kind of like with the house's money. And Jill, I think for most people, the whole blockchain part of it, that's where you start to lose people, but do people really need to know what's behind the currency? Can they just focus on, you know, as you said, the token itself? Well, think of it this way. Um, you know, you don't really know how your email gets from your computer to someone else's, right? I mean, oh, I have no idea. Ever, okay, so you it's know, magic, right? So there is this sort of magical part of it that it just happens. If you consider that that there is going to be, there is this technology behind these keeping track of tokens around the globe that 
um, if you sort of instead of diving down and saying, like, what is that? What is a blockchain? Just imagine that someone says to you, there's this really cool technology, and it allows you to transfer money instantaneously, like within an hour, anywhere to anyone, any place in the world. And that's really the power of it. You know, I was talking to a guy from Yahoo Finance yesterday, and the way he kind of looked at it is he said, you know, it has a lot of different applications. Let's say that, for example, you're, you're, you're on WBEN, you're listening, you're great, and now you want to go onto the website and you click through and you want to buy an article, like a deep dive article about Bitcoin. Now, that would be like a pain in the neck if you had to go out and like type in your PayPal account or your credit card. But if you could simply click a button and say, here's 10 cents for that article, take 10 cents of my tokens. That would be really easy. So the the miracle of the technology that's behind this is essentially a frictionless transaction, a click transaction. And that's why people are going nutty over the technology. Again, the Bitcoin highs and lows, the Ether highs and lows, I mean, it's fun to watch, but it's not something you actually want to start trading actively unless, you again, you have money to, to, to burn. All right. You know what? I have a, I have a good understanding now. Now, I've got to ask you this. Yeah. The Amazon HQ2 finalist came out yesterday. Yes. Buffalo was not on the list. Gosh. And I remember not too long ago talking to you about this. You said you didn't think we'd make it. And you said Boston and Austin, mm. you put your money on. They're both yeah. finalists. I know. I got a two out of 20 chance. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean... I think that, you know, if you think about, I, I think Austin, I thought Austin was going to be a higher up chance. A lot of people are saying to me, there's no way that it's, that it's going to be Austin. Um, you know, the, it looks to me like at this point, you know, this is going to be about money, right? What are the tax incentives and what can you do to sweeten my deal? And they're going, and, and the folks at Amazon are going to drill down and start to really take a hard look at the cost of living in a lot of these places. Because one of the big criticisms of Amazon's expansion into Seattle is that those 40,000 employees have driven up the cost of living in Seattle. And I think that there are some places that are already expensive. I mean, yes, you want to be in New York, fantastic, but it's going to be expensive to have a middle-tier worker live in New York and have a good life versus, say, living in a place like, you know, uh, Dallas. So I, I'm wondering, I mean, again, Dallas is sort of middle, so I don't know. Um, maybe it's Atlanta. We'll see. It's going to be a, it's going to be an interesting process. Of course, it's sort of nauseating this com- company that has gazillion dollars that any taxpayer incentives are uh, offered at all. Now in depth, really, really in depth on Bitcoin 101. Well, the first thing that people should look at is that for most people, this is not really a good investment. Ed Hutton is director of the Financial Markets Laboratory at Niagara University, a regular contributor on WBEN. This is not like investing in a stock. It's not like investing in a bond or even investing in a uh, collectible. Uh, here, I would go back, and I, if people remember back uh, uh, 20 years ago or so, this idea, we had these things called Beanie Babies. Uh, and uh, these were cute little collectible toys. And the whole idea was that there was a certain uh, limited uh, edition of certain oh, Beanie yeah. Babies, right? Remember that? And so people would go out and they would say, well, I got this particular Beanie Baby and I just heard that it sold for 
five thousand yeah, dollars. They're going to so pay for my college. Someday. They're going to pay for my college. That's right. This is my retirement in these Beanie Babies. And because that there was uh, a limited supply of those, people expected that the value would go up, and so people actually invested in those. Uh, as it turns out. There, the company that made it said, well, you know what? If these get to be valuable, we'll just make more of them. Uh, and the value fell. And uh, so what we're seeing right now is that one of the things that's happening is that while Bitcoin are rare, that there's a limited number of them, there's a lot of other digital currencies right now, uh, like Ether and other types of things, which basically do the same sort of thing. And it's one of the things that's leading to the fall in value. For most people, this is not a good investment. Joining us live in studio this morning is the director of the Financial Markets Laboratory at Niagara University, Ed Hutton. And we're talking all about Bitcoin, kind of a Bitcoin 101. Now, somebody texted in, Bitcoin, it's backed up by nothing. Well, it's backed up by this thing called blockchain, which, Ed, I'm going to explain to you my three-year-old, as I call it, grasp on blockchain, basically a way of verifying transactions and encrypting them. But the question I have is, how exactly is that worth money? Yeah, well, let me t t g try to give an analogy uh, for... Uh, uh, what happens in blockchain. Uh, let's think about getting a gift certificate. You know, so if you might get a gift certificate, let's say to a coffee shop, and that gift certificate, you know, I got one of those cards, uh, uh, $25 card to one of the coffee shops, and I know that I can go into that coffee shop and uh, buy $25 worth of coffee and donuts, that sort of thing. And that's backed up. That's guaranteed by the, uh, by the donut shop itself. Okay. Uh, and so I know that I have some value that's, uh, that's on that card. What blockchain does is that blockchain realizes that there's a vulnerability there because if that coffee shop goes out of business, then I don't have any value. And if that coffee shop, if somebody is for some interested, uh, for some reason interested in what kind of coffee I'm buying, well, they can uh, get the records of that coffee shop or they can hack in and they can learn an awful lot about me. What blockchain is, is a really revolutionary technology that says instead of there being a central backer for this, you know, like the coffee shop, instead what we're going to do is we're going to have everybody that ha has those cards record every time I buy something or get more credit in an encrypted database. And that's all it is. It's an encrypted database. I have the particular key. And I know that I have a particular amount of credits. And if I go to spend those credits, to exchange those credits with somebody else, they can use that key and say, oh, yeah, okay, he does have $20 uh, in purchasing power. Now, where I was just saying before that I thought that Bitcoin was not a great investment, I think that these blockchain technologies in terms of investment right now is probably going to be as significant, some people say, as the Internet. Ed Hutton joins us live in studio. He's the director of the Financial Markets Laboratory at Niagara University, and we're talking all about Bitcoin. Now, Ed, in our last segment, you tried to explain to us a little bit about blockchain, basically the technology behind Bitcoin and how that translates into actual money. Now, say you have some Bitcoin. How do you get the money out of it? 
Well, that's that's where the problem has been right now. Is it we saw that with the rise of Bitcoin, especially over the last year, uh, the price of Bitcoin rose dramatically over the last year. And so, what that meant that when we talk about what the prices are, what we can do is we can look at what has one Bitcoin sold for to somebody else. And so if there was a transaction where someone sold a Bitcoin for, at one point last year, as high as $19,800, I believe was the, the top. So we, we see that. We see somebody sell one Bitcoin for $19,800. And if we have multiple Bitcoin, we think to ourselves, we're rich. And when, well, whenever we uh, feel rich, we want to spend some of that money. But of course, there's not that many places that we can spend our Bitcoin. And so what we want to do is that convert that into dollars. And in order to do that, what happened just recently is that a whole bunch of people tried to sell their Bitcoin. Well, when you sell your Bitcoin, you sell it into dollars, but that floods the market with Bitcoin, and there are no buyers, or the buyers are not there. And the only way to entice a buyer is to dramatically lower the price. And so what we're going through right now is that you might think you're wealthy, but then when you go to convert that into cash, it turns out it's a lot now, harder. The way you're describing it, it seems like a stock, but it's not a stock it's a form of currency does this change this way we talk about bitcoin as more and more places accept it as they do cash well sure there are there are uh places right now in the world where it's really there really aren't atms there's just for security reasons for technology reasons for other types of things well think about somebody in a remote village somewhere uh who might want to subscribe to netflix well they don't have a credit card you know they don't have a credit card so they can't uh, uh they they can't do that they have internet access now in a lot of places so they want to be able to subscribe to netflix and they have to pay 11 12 dollars a month well, it's very difficult without a credit card to be able to do that. But with Bitcoin, that does allow someone to be able to, to do that. And so what we're starting to see is that there are more and more places that, especially in areas that are not well served by banks, that are starting to accept Bitcoin. So that's one of the places. Of course, one of the other, the dark side of Bitcoin and blockchain is that because there's no central authority, it's where a lot of some pretty nefarious transactions are uh, tending to take place is is this concept the way of the future even if it's not bitcoin if it's something else yeah it, it it i think it really is if you look at what's happening right now in the banking industry and the financial services industry you'll see that one of the biggest concerns that people have right now is with hacking okay with people breaking into bank accounts transferring money 80% of the transactions on the stock market right now are executed between computers uh, right now instead of the, you know, the physical traders that we're seeing. And at some point, even worse than it is, there's going to be additional crashes. There are going to be additional hacks like that. And this blockchain technology, when it gets fully implemented, for a lot of people, they think that that's the eventual solution to that very, very disturbing problem. Now, is that move, it would make us safer. Would it also mean that, you know, the dollar bills, the two that I have left in my pocket, uh, don't exist anymore? That, you know, even though we do pay for everything, it seems electronically now that... I mean, that would literally be everything is electronic. Well, yeah. And, it, 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 and again, just uh, uh, you were mentioning it here. And if you, anybody under 30, if you ask them how much money, how much cash do you carry around? 
you know, uh, it's it's just a few dollars, you know, a few dollars where it might have been many, many dollars in the past here. Yes, it's an electronic form of payment. It's getting more and more, uh, it's getting more and more used. The problem, the problem is that that what happened, especially last week, is that we saw a number of countries uh, in China and in Korea and now in Europe saying that they're thinking about putting very tight restrictions, even outlawing in some cases the use of Bitcoin as a payment mechanism just because they can't track it. And what it does is it leads to concerns about money laundering. Back to Bitcoin, is it goes mainstream. We're kind of doing a Bitcoin 101 this morning with Ed Hutton, who's in studio from Niagara University. Ed, I've just got to bring this up. The Bitcoin, as you're trying to help us all understand it, it's being compared to gambling. Do you get that? We sure I do. Yeah, with the uh, the, the problem with uh, with gambling is gambling is speculation without anything really backing it up uh, here. And one of the things that they're trying to do right now with Bitcoin is to be able to be able to have a mechanism to be able to determine its value. You know, because anytime you want to use anything in a transaction, you want to know what its value is. And one of the things that happens, if we think about other things that gets that get traded, like corn and oil and gold, well, they take place, their trading takes place on organized exchanges. And those organized exchanges do a lot to be able to rein in the volatility, rein in the price changes, so that even though it might change, it changes in a more predictable pattern or a more predictable range. And that's one of the things that's changing now with Bitcoin is just a few weeks ago, the exchanges, the Chicago Mercantile Exchange, the Chicago Board of Options Exchange, established futures contracts on Bitcoin. So that what that did is that allowed you for the first time to be able to invest not in the Bitcoin, but rather into a security whose value was tied to a Bitcoin with a pretty uh, uh, stable and well-known exchange. So for a lot of the people who had wanted to make an investment in Bitcoin, uh, this gave them the opportunity not only to invest because they thought the price was going up, but also to sell short because they think the price is going down. And hopefully what that's going to lead is a a more stable price mechanism for it. I'm going to go get some. Cash, that is. We're back Monday. That's 930 in 716. We're back tomorrow with another edition from the studios of WBEN Buffalo. Tune in is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively sports. The clock at four. Doncic. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. And even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening.